I'm going to be speaking very soon to a group of people that are uh, identified as conservatives, and I'm, I know what's going to happen. I'm going to insult everybody. I'll never be asked back, and that's fine, because I do not fit in. I do not fit into this world, and I do not fit into anything that even resembles what would be called normally uh, conservative discussion and the like. I'm not a conservative, not a liberal. I don't fit in. I'm sui generis. I'm ineluctable, ineffable. I am uh, um, I am um, primus inter pares. I'm one one amongst equals. I am I am just different, and I recognize that fact. And I don't fit in, and nobody wants to hear what I have to say. Because when I try to tell somebody about the gray, I'm accused oftentimes of either being, I'm not sticking to the point. I'm all over the place. What are you saying? Because Americans in particular want to hear a very specific idea of who is right and who is wrong. Israel is right. Palestinians are right. Hamas is wrong. Israel is correct. Israel, the concept, the IDF or those individuals who utilize the IDF may be incorrect in terms of how they implement them, but Israel is correct. Palestinians are correct. When they say repeatedly, when they say that Israel is an apartheid state country, Your job is not to determine whether this is correct or not. It's to listen to what people are saying. And if everybody is saying something, are you going to tell me they're wrong? Are you going to tell me, no, 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 no. When Fauci said, listen, masks are not important, then they are important. When you had very strong ideas regarding vaccines, were you right or wrong? Were you wrong because you went against what the uh, theoretical uh, pro uh, experts were saying, I don't know. During the time of COVID, there was COVID. SARS-CoV-2 existed. It's an H1N1, or it was a, it was a coronavirus. It absolutely, absolutely existed. But because people could not handle that, because they could not handle, now wait a minute, How do I say that SARS existed, but that the reaction was excessive? How do I do that? They can't because they can't handle two different means of expression. Two things cannot exist. Remember, as we've said, as I've said repeatedly, what F. Scott Fitzgerald said, the test of a first-rate intelligence is the ability to hold two opposed, seemingly inconsistent ideas in the mind at the same time and still retain the ability to function. People can't do that. It's one or the other. Dave Chappelle, who, by the way, is a fraud. You know what Dave Chappelle is. Dave Chappelle is now into the I'm going to take my career, but I'm going to be more of the political. You want to hear what I have to say in terms of my subject matter, how I upset people, not with my inherent uh, comedic ability or what have you. Dave Chappelle is a work. Dave Chappelle 
is trying to become the next level. He wants to be kind of what Tucker Carlson thought he would be. Do you notice how Tucker Carlson is losing his momentum? Do you notice how Tucker Carlson is losing that poignancy, piquancy, that he doesn't seem as dangerous as he was. He doesn't seem as critical. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that? And I warned about that. Look what happened to John Stewart. So so this is what's happening right now. You're you're having folks who are just kind of dabbling around and these are not these are not leaders. They're not leading you down the intellectual, you know, bridal path on the way to the it doesn't work like that. This is a very difficult time for a lot of people because you don't have a clear-cut reason. Israel is defending itself. They want to wipe Israel off the map. Hamas is a terrorist militant organization. It's the enforcer unit. It's the Luca Brasi unit. And if you are a Palestinian, and if you think, well, if that's what gets their attention, so be it. So be it. I'll take it. That's what you're going to say. And if you can't understand that, not you, but if they can't understand this, they're wasting their time. Now, Israel are saying, these people are killing us. Israel says, you are not going to allow, we're not going to allow Hamas to paraglide terrorist infiltration units in our country. It's not going to happen. And Gaza, that's where Hamas is. We're going to show you a lesson. This is suicide by cop. This is Hamas basically saying, bring it on. We know what you're going to do. We want you to do this. We want you to react as we know Israel will react because you will just confirm in the eyes of the world's children who don't understand war, you will be confirmed as the beast which they believe you to be. Barry Taylor says, I understand about you standing alone. Truth is a pathless land, my friend. Thank you, Barry. But you know what it is? It's not just being true. It's just saying things. It's a painful truth. It's not just true. If true truth doesn't affect you, um, Truth is okay as long as you don't have to do anything. Truth is okay so long as it doesn't bother you, affect you. Truth is okay so long as it doesn't conflict with your your ideas, if that makes any sense to you. This is, this is we are in something right now that is cataclysmic. Let me also tell you what's going to happen. They are going to come to the shore. Let me tell you the way. Let me tell you the way it works. Last night in Brooklyn, huge melee, huge. Cops were there, people filming. When people film, when people record, that tells people do it again. Social media provides the platform for people to replicate behavior. You're going to see this again. 
This is going to be spread all over the world. When you see this, when you see these fights, when you see these uproars, when you see basically, it's mostly, it is, in fact, let's look at how this is phrased. And this is important. Um, uh, it says, thousands of anti-Israel protesters clash with cops after shutting down New York City street and refusing to leave. NYPD officers are seen brawling with demonstrators, waving Palestinian flags. You see how this is phrased? You see how this is phrased? Support Palestinian resistant, Biden kills babies. Okay, these are, this is the group that is there. Now, one of these things, I'm looking at this. And you see a lot of cops. Boy, these cops are, they are just one guy, a lot of white shirts. You know, the officers, they are slugging it out. I mean, they are really, this is, this is a brawl. So let me ask you this question. I'm looking at this. What am I supposed to take from this? When you read this, what does this mean? Palestinian anti-Israel protesters. Palestinian. This is being phrased as this is the mentality of the uh, Palestinian group. That's the way this is. Okay? This is a headline. People aren't there. People weren't there. How do you think they're going to read this? They're going to read as the anti-Israeli, notice, notice, Palestinians, pro-Palestine means anti-Israel. Do you see what's happening? Which is fine. I've got no skin in this game. I don't care. We will. You will. Believe me. Believe me, you will. So look at the way this is phrased. Okay, that's interesting. So pro-Palestinian, are they the crazy ones? They're the violent ones? Because you really don't see, if you see what's going on, you don't see the, the, the version, for example, of the right-wing Luna, well, I don't know if we'd ever see this, but you don't see the crazy letters written by pro-Israel uh, uh, students. You know, the blood of the, you know, you only see that from the left. You see how this is being portrayed? Whether deliberately or not, the pro-Palestinian group is the nutcase. The pro-Palestinian groups in this country are the ones standing uh, in Ivy League uh, uh, school uh, groups spewing this lunacy, apparent lunacy. Do you hear what's, you see what's happening? It's the pro-Palestinian anti-Israel. That's the group. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that is? What do you think most people are saying in this country about not the cause, but the group? You see how we're dif differentiating? How do you think people think, not about the Palestinian cause, but the pro-Palestinians in this country? They're coming across like lunatics, crazy, violent, swastikas they're holding up, crazy. They're like bringing it on. Isn't that something? Stop for a second. Do you see the way that's being portrayed? Is that happening on purpose? 
Is it happening by accident? Is that just the way it is? How? Let me say this again. Where are the mobs of violent pro, because after all, Israel is supposed to be this violent, crazy, bloodthirsty group, right? That's the way, that's the way they're always presented. Israel is this crazy group of people. Violent. Okay, 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 okay. Now, the question I have is very simply this. Why is that? Let me tell you what else I would do. If I'm in charge of changing the narrative, if I'm in charge of creating the narrative here, let's say I'm either pro-Israel or anti-Palestinian. And let's stop right there. Do the two exist? Do they two? Do the two exist by nature? Is it, a, is, is it like, you know, matter, antimatter, gravity, anti-gravity? Is that the way it is? The X, Y, Y? You know, electrons, one spins up, one spins down. Is that the counterbalance? Is it possibly, is it possible to say, look, I'm merely pro-Israel. I have, I don't care about the Palestinians. I'm just pro-Israel 100%. Whatever Israel does, that's it. I have no, I have no thoughts regarding the Palestinians. Is that even possible? Sure, it's possible. Are there people who say, look, I'm pro-Palestinian. I'm pro either two state or one state. It's going to, it's going to be hard kind of to have no opinion about Israel. But let me tell you what I would do. If I were pro-Israel, and I'm going to use these terms just for shorthand purposes, not because of anything to them, but I'm going to say just for shorthand purposes, the thing that I would do, first of all, is I would make sure I would have all of my teams, the agent provocateur. You know what they are. Let me give you the specific, I like the the specific uh, uh, definition of it. It is as follows. It is a person or group who intentionally encourages people to do something illegal, usually so they can be arrested. This is the oldest trick. This is to set people in there. Now, remember a while back, everybody was going nuts, especially these little babies who thought they understood January 6th, who said, look, the feds are there. There are feds in the, oh, Epps is a Fed. Remember that? What Epps did was so nothing. If he was a Fed, it didn't mean anything. But because these children love to to involve themselves in this, they said, ah, there were Feds there. You mean the Feds were were supporting this? No, they were there. I said, what do you mean they were there? Well, to them, that was good enough or something. An agent provocateur or agent is the person who was there to start the shite. And what I would do is I would make sure if I had my intel agency within the pro, either pro-Israeli or anti-Palestinian movement, whatever you want to call it, I would make sure I have my teams there ready to go. I find out there's going to be an event on the Brooklyn Bridge or Borough Park. Blah, blah, blah. I'm going to say, you ready to go? We're ready. Good. Make sure you don't stand out. Look the part. I want the right age group. I want the right look. I want. I don't want you to have some guy that looks like his name is Rusty showing up. I want you at that scene, at that place, standing there. Are you ready? And when we give you the signal, you push a couple of people. 
Slug a cop if you have to. Do whatever you have to do. Just do it. Where did we learn that from? Antifa. George Floyd. People go crazy. Remember those lawyers who lost their career, their licenses, everything, because they wanted to firebomb a cop? Remember that? Antifa taught you that. This goes back to Adpur. These are, these are, if you go from Maidan, there are organizations you can go to. There are organizations that will teach you how to form a coup, riots, waves, peaceful protests, name it. You want to have a chant, you want to have a, a shibboleth, a phrase, placards, precision, how you enter. You don't go in from one area. You come in from two. It's almost like battle logistics. That's exactly what I would do. And look what happens. And I know how it's going to be portrayed. Because in this country, the Palestinian people are crazy. That's the way it's being portrayed. The people who go, who risk their career and they write these terrible, bloodthirsty things. Oh my God. One of the things which is also famous, a wonderful mythology, is crisis acting. They've never been um, revealed. There have been references. There have been, since time immemorial, there have been people um, when I was a kid at the airport, they would say, we're planning on doing recovery. If anybody is interested, would you like to be somebody who is picked up and moved on a stretcher? There have been crisis accident participants since day one. The conspiracist movement, and there is one, especially those who have fecund and fertile imaginations, who love and crave and whose oxygen is the latest. Like I, I, I know for a fact, I have heard people talk about there were feds at January 6th. What did the feds do. COINTELPRO had the entire civil rights movement wired for sound. That's been since day one. What are you suggesting? I don't know, but I've got this picture of a guy wearing khaki pants and they all stand there. Those are FBI. What did they do? I don't know, but they're FBI. And these conspiracy types who have their chance, and I'm serious, I have nothing. They gave us a bad name. I I run from them like I did from the 9-11 group and from because I have nothing to do. Truthers, birthers, uh UFO people, gun enthusiasts. Uh n- name it. Get away from them. They're in, they're just there for the beer. They don't care at all about, they don't even know what they're saying, but they love this 
everything. They they just see these things over and over. The crisis actors. There were crisis. Remember when they did it for the Boston? They would take a picture here, a picture there. They would they do it for school shootings. They would say, "Oh, look, these pictures. These kids were from this group." And I'm thinking to myself, and I never understood this. You're going to get sucked into this one. I'd stay out of it. You want to be my guest, but people were just like a moth to a flame. Beware of these people. They will suck you in every time. And don't think for a moment that they're not part of the agent provocateur. When you don't know what to call something, when you don't know what to do, remember one of the things which is important, especially of the conspiracist group, is to have jargon, the shibboleth, the phrase, the argot or argo, the lexicon, and always refer to something as a LARP, a live action role play. This is, this is, they love, love phraseology. Love it. They love it like you cannot believe. They went when when all of a sudden NPCs came along and and uh, there's 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 a group of people and let me also tell you something I would love and I talk to people all the time about this in every in every group of people there are folks who get in more for the identity politics but not what you think the identity that it gives them. During the 60s, I kind of remember this. There were people, Johnny Johnson. Johnny Johnson was a prototypical black young man from Detroit or Milwaukee who all of a sudden said, no, my name is Mobutu Shabazz X. I'm a part of a... Black Panther-esque, I am a froze, glasses, dashiki, African uh, affectation, equipment, kit, uniform, phraseology, structure. It was a, they, everyone looked like Rap Brown or Huey Newton or whatever. And it was, and I'm not saying it wasn't necessarily, it wasn't necessarily uh, a part of a legitimate belief, but they got into the movement and they loved the identity. I'm a black nationalist. That's who I am. I'm a patriot. <clears throat> Tea Party group, pointed hats, Gadsden flags, 1776, Alex Jones, the blood of tree of liberty is fertilizer blood of okay okay i uh, loved it they became immersed they became absolutely they loved it, it defined them next group of people and these are the ones you got to watch out for not the fbi the fred ziffels have you noticed these a lot some of them are ex military beard not the beard but the beard ZZ Top, uh, Amish meets Hasidic Jew meets Fred Ziffel, the beard, the accentuated, 
hyper male, hyper masculine. I'm not, I don't have a beard. I've got a beard. I've got tats. I am Ultraman. Remember this? Remember this group? I eat raw meat. I'm into paleo diets. They talked about low T scores, low testosterone. People like like uh, Tucker all of a sudden were writing books about, we don't have men. We need men. Who are you? What do you do? I'm a man. You're a man? Yes. Oh, I see. So we have to follow you. Yes, follow me. I'm a man. And we get these little boys out there, by the way, who are doing everything in their power to act as though they are bigger and tougher and badder than you. These are the groups you got to worry about. They, not worry about, but these are the ones they don't even know that they're part and parcel of this. I don't know what the word is, but it's almost like a like a parody group. And you don't see that. But they're there. And I know exactly. Remember the Antifa group? Remember Antifa? Could you spot an Antifa person? Oh, I could. Very violent. Exceedingly violent. People that would never be violent in a, in a, like a bar fight. But you put them in a group of people. And man, they're all over the place. These guys with helmets, anonymity. Oh, the, remember the mugshots? Look at look at the group mentality. So let me ask you something right now. Do you think, look at the way pro-Palestinian is being portrayed here. And I'm not saying that it's right or wrong, but always pay attention. Look at how they're being portrayed. Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle right now realizes he's at the next level of his career. Stand-up comedy is dead. It's boring. It's like what I was listening recently to. I think he's very good from a from an actual uh, 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 performance point of view. Is Bill Burr, but harmless, smart ass, says what he wants kind of like politically incorrect. You know what I mean? Nothing special though. I mean, says what you think. And I don't care what anybody thinks. A, a man doesn't have a vagina. You know, I can say, wow. Okay, fine. Anyway, so he's there and he's doing his thing. And he got to get to the next level. John Stewart thought, I'm going to make a stand. I'm going to tell Apple, I want to talk about China and AI. And they said, screw you. We are owned by China. And guess what? He's out on his ass. And that's it. Do you see what's happening? Tell me you see what's happening. Look at the way this support. Now, let me tell you what happens next. Next thing. Here's my advice to you. Stay out of crowds. If you think the level of escalations, if you think, if you think that people who run the show, and by the way, Hamas, the leaders, they're nowhere near. I don't know if they're in Paris or wherever, Cyprus. They're not anywhere near Gaza. They're from their million dollars. They're like BLM. It's a, it's a con. The people who run the show are billionaires. Zelensky, uh, this. Uh, um, um. Give me somebody who lives in the area. Let me tell you about Israel. You know what Israel does? They live there. They live there. 
The voice of reason, ladies and gentlemen. The voice of reason. Eric Thaddeus Walter says, high anxiety increases daily in Europe as the Levant is its backyard in addition to 15 years of fluid travel. Not Ukraine. Europeans are done with blue and white star flag coming to a theater near you. Interesting. Apologies for diction. Don't worry about that. Always look to Europe to see what is happening. During COVID, ETW, our professor, I'll be uh, the skipper, you'll be Gilligan, but the professor here, Russell Johnson, whose real name was Roy Hinckley on the show, he decided, he very, very wisely was telling us, and by the way, Eric, thank you. He told us, this is what's happening in Europe. And we, and it all, it didn't presage, it was the staging area for what's happening here. You see, I joke about this. I look at this every day. Can I let you in on a secret? You know how in the, in the John, do you have magazines in the John? Do you have magazines? Well, let me tell you something. If you eat the right stuff, you don't have time for a magazine. If you know what I mean. This is what I keep. I have a couple of these. This is what I look at. I can't get enough of this. I can't get enough of this. You cannot understand anything if you don't know what, where things are located. You, you, you don't. You have to understand referred pain. Do you know the sign of a heart attack? Many people rarely do this. It's not here. It's here. It's here. It's nausea. It's, I don't feel good. A friend of mine recently had some very serious cardiac a quadruple bypass. You know what his symptoms were? I don't feel good. Not, ah. When things are referred, referred pain. You always ask yourself, I'm having, I'm having, my left foot is, is weird. I'm, I'm a little, it's kind of numb. If it's both feet, it's systemic. Ooh, left and right versus left. Everything is here. Do you hear the way Eric speaks? You hear how a European speaks? They think differently. Americans think like we're in the middle and everything around us doesn't even matter. The other day I heard somebody say, hi, you can be a part of this of the Sean Hannity studio audience, because I was waiting to go on a radio show, and you can, and we'll th- I'll throw you a football. And I'm thinking, oh my God. They want people, they're going to bust you in to go watch it because they're, it's so pathetic. They're, they're doing the old studio audience trick. Oh my God. The world's falling apart and they're luring people. Now, Eric, this is what I was going to do. I'm thinking like a bad guy. I'm thinking like a person. Okay? I'm going to say, the next thing is going to happen, and I do not want this to happen. Let me say this unequivocally. I don't want this to happen. I'm going to say this again. I don't want this to happen. I'm worried about this happening. There are going to be people There are going to be people who say, we have to have 
something bad happen. We have to have something bad happen. And if something bad happens, we're going to ascribe it, so to speak. We're going to point out, uh, blame the other side. So it's not enough for us to slug it out with the cops. Let's assume this happens. Again, merely hypothetical. Some lunatic, like the fellow they got to plug Joe Colombo at Columbus Circle. Remember they got this guy? He was gone before he hit the ground. Remember, the person that does the duty, the person that does the thing, that purportedly does the thing, the whatever, is dispatched immediately. Lee Harvey Oswald. Uh, I forget the name of the fellow who shot Joe Colombo, but he did. He gone. He did. He didn't even have. They have a chance. That's the guy. Case closed. Somebody somewhere. Somebody somewhere is going to come along, and do something god awful. I don't want to say what, but you can imagine. The person will be immediately, immediately uh, dispatched, removed, ablated. Uh, uh, bodlerized, so to speak, emended, not amended, emended. Somebody, God forbid, somebody gets hurt. What do you think will be the change in opinion the next day? Now, that's a tricky one. Let me ask you something. What do you think happens? What do you think will happen to the collective sympathies that people feel towards Palestinian issues and Hamas. What do you think? Tell me, tell me, what do you think will be the thought? Tell me. Is it going to help people? Is it, is it, what? Do you think it's going to make people more sympathetic? Or, Will it make a group of people say, you know what? Those Palestinians are crazy, assuming that's the message that was given across. What do you think? What do you think? Now, before you answer, sometimes it doesn't work like that. See, we saw during the George Floyd thing, I thought for sure people are going to lose their interest in George Floyd as this martyr when buildings are on fire and things are destroyed. Nope. Nope. You had that idiot from CNN. What's his name? That Don Lemon. He was saying, wow, looks, but he's just gone. You notice that Don Lemon is like, he never happened. The Daily Show, like it never happened. Trevor, whatever his name is, like it never happened. Gone. Gone. The last vestige of that, Colbert and these folks, gone. Look at James Corden, gone. Do you think what will happen? We don't know sometimes. But if you think this level of violence is going to only stick, is only going to stick uh, to just some clashes with cops, you're out of your mind. 
doesn't do anything. Uh, Sparky says, does it seem like some people are nostalgic for 9-11? Like it reminds them of their youth? Can nostalgia be dangerous? Oh, Sparky, that might be the most interesting thing you've ever said. Let me talk to you about a couple of things here. Words are important. I believe that the word Holocaust should be forever removed from the pantheon of uh, usable words in, in our world. There is no comparison to anything regarding the final solution. Nothing. Six million people expurgated removed, obliterated. You're not, don't even compare, not since the Holocaust. Why is, why is Israel even, even suggesting this? Don't even use the word in the same sentence. That is to be reserved for, for nothing. You never use that under any circumstance. Ever. Never. Now, what about this? 9-11. Dear friends, what happened on 9-11? What happened? Immediately after 9-11, Vladimir Putin calls up George Bush and says, we are with you. We know what's happening in the Caucasus. We know who these people are. If you need help launching into Afghanistan, whatever you want, whatever you want, no, because it was that still the stench of Brzezinski who was still, who hated Russia, who hated Russia. There's a, there's a, there's an expression, forgive my crudeness, but it's an expression but there's always been a hard on for Russia. We've always had that. Post, it is in our DNA. In our DNA. I, I, I've never seen anything like it. I had a friend of mine who was Polish by, uh, by, um, well, by Nash. He was actually, he had a French accent, but he's really Polish. Anyway. He, you, he, you, if you said Russia to him, he just, he just. So, that was Putin. In Tehran, they had absolute, they said, they had a candlelight vigil in Tehran for us. Before 1979, Israel and Iran were like that. What happened? The revolution. The Shah. What happened with the Shah? What happened before Operation Ajax? Mossadegh. Before that. Now, I don't want to spend time going explaining antecedents or the reasons why and all this kind of stuff. But the question is 9-11. 9-11 is our word for everything. Nobody will ever understand 9-11. Nobody will ever... They don't even want to know. You see this tent house? This is This is... This was the, this was the um, FDNY, kind of like the command post. This is this heralded uh, uh, station. 
You should hear what firemen have to say about what happened on 9-11. The bottom line is 9-11 is whatever you want it to be. Sparky says, Mom used to long for another Great Depression because it reminded her when she was a little girl, she didn't live long enough to see it. It's, it's very interesting, Sparky, about how certain things, certain events... Let me give you an example. I think I may have told you this before. Sebastian Junger uh, wrote a book about PTSD. Sebastian Junger. And Sebastian Junger wrote that PTSD is the weirdest thing anybody's ever seen. Now, now let me ask you something. For those of you who are not new to this, for those of you who want to throw a football around the Sean Hannity studio audience, which is fine with me, it's your life, you do whatever you want. For those who have never dealt with this before, I speak sometimes in analogy. I will speak in illustrative referenced stories to help make my point. And what seems to you like now he's talking about World War II. No, we're talking about the same thing and we're exploring things. Let me just explain this. It's almost like like a Brecht play. I've got to explain this. Certain things, let me go back. What we're reacting to is basically human psychology, and Sparky brings up a good point. Could we sometimes yearn for something that actually was bad, but it reminds us of a different time? And the reason why I bring up Younger is the following. Um, PTSD is a very strange thing. It's a natural reaction to something that's unnatural. The number of people who came back from war who had PTSD, who never suffered, who never were in combat, and then other people who didn't. I had a fellow used to work on computers of mine years ago. He was he 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 oh my god he was green green um, special forces, and he told me stuff that he did. He said, "You know, it's really weird." He says, "I can honestly say I don't have any PTSD." Why? He said, I don't know. So Sebastian Junger said that when people were during during World War II in London, where they would have to deliver uh, information and save lives and, and deliver um, bandages and medicine, and were f- worked in the tubes during the bombing runs, they never they had fewer instances of PTSD because they felt alive, they felt involved, they felt a part of something. The people who sat back and weren't involved, who had to wait for the other shoe to drop. Those are the ones who felt it. So maybe sparking away, your mother, interestingly enough, felt not necessarily more alive during the depression, but maybe more connected by virtue of maybe skill sets it might have motivated, might have encouraged, might have inspired. Raphael Legond, would you please write phonetically how to say your name correctly? Not the Raphael part, but Medgar Evers served in World War II. Came back and said he can no longer let people keep on treating us that way. They killed him. He, was he a troublemaker? Yes. And God bless troublemakers. Yes. Byron Della Beckwith. Byron, Byron Della Beckwith. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Please be a troublemaker. I'm going to add that now to my description. I want to be a muckraker. I want to be a maverick. I want to be a contrarian. I want to be a troublemaker, an agent provocateur. Every single time. This is what I was. This is very interesting. Listen to this. Edie says, Mr. Rell, I was in a cult as a young woman. One of my children was abused. I had to leave, deprogram myself. 20 years later, I experienced a terrible PTSD moment. Uh, by the way, let me just remind you, my one of my proud possessions, one of my possessions, indeed. Um... I, I, I'm stopping now and I'm talking about something called a cult. Do you know how easy it, it is to be in a cult? Have you ever been in a cult? Not a cult where you are zombified, but a benign cult. Have you? When I was just out of high school, I had, I was fascinated, fascinated by um, religion. Uh, two things. One was, there was this guy who, this guy cut my hair, I, he said, I want you to meet, I he gave me his Bible. I didn't really, I didn't believe it. I loved the ceremony. I, I'm not saying as a cult, but, but you just inspire me. And please, I'm kind of changing the subject because you just made me think about something. I went to his house or someplace. He said, come in. Very, very nice. And there were all these, it was kind of like Christian. Very, very nice. Nobody was, they're very nice people. And I was fascinated by the level of almost by the group speak and the um, I don't know what the word is group group speak but this this I, I it was nothing at all nothing negative but something happened when they were together this also became part of my fascination with groups and with crowds and Le Bon and the like, they were part of this group. The second thing I remember was when I was uh, just out of college, I worked for a U.S. senator, and during election time, we would go, and I would, I, I, I had the best job. I drove everybody. It was the best. And this was before Uber, before all this stuff. I was the guy. drove. I drove more people. But when I got the chance to meet, to meet the black AME church group, Raul says, I was in a benign cult. It was exhilarating. Let me talk about that. This is a cult. This is a mini cult to an extent. But I went on Sundays to AME churches. Phenomenal. Loved it. Loved it. The music, 
black AME. Nobody said, hey, wait. And by the way, I wasn't a part of a <clears throat> I wasn't a part of some kind of a of a coalition where <clears throat> I walked in with all these people. No, I went by myself. Because I had to meet with somebody or whatever it was. But I they, nobody said, hey, what's what's this guy doing here? No. Just went in. The music, the 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 feeling, the exhilaration. Third thing, or was it four? I keep track. Was it became interested in born again Christians? I was slain in this. That's born again, but but evangelicals. I was slain in the spirit by Ernest Angley personally, personally me, the Sinner's Creed, the whole bit at Curtis Hickson Hall in Tampa. I was there. I saw it. Fascinated me. In Washington, some of the greatest people I ever, greatest organization was the Scientology group. They had Christmas party. They had a Christmas party, the greatest Christmas party I have, Mrs. Ellen and I have ever been to. It was like at a Courier and Ives. Carolers, mold this, uh, just, it was like everything you, you heard about in a kind of a, I don't know, this idyllic chocolate fountain, chocolate fountain, of chocolate sculpture of the White House. Big, it's one woman singing carols, walking. Was it mulled wine? And I mean, it was unbelievable. And then they had, in this beautiful mansion, beautiful, then they had the awards for people who spoke of freedom of, of religion and freedom of speech. It was phenomenal. I don't know about Tom Cruise. I don't know about I don't know about any of these people. All I know is what I saw. It was fantastic. And until and I'm from, well, remember in Clearwater when Scientology moved into Clearwater, and I mean it just was. It never bothered me. By the way, none of these people ever bothered me. Nobody ever bothered me. Nobody bothered me. But I'm curious as to what makes people become a part of something. My first instinct is to get away from every group. I do not belong to groups. I do not belong to groups. The closest group I've ever been associated with, I think, was in college. We had a fraternity because it was just drinking and having fun. And that was it. There was no. Be very careful of groups. I love the psychology of the group. And what's going back now to what we said initially, stay away from crowds. Something's going to happen. You're going to see how deep you talk about. And people love this, by the way. Let me tell you about your group and our group. I'm not into this, but I have to play your game to an extent because some of you, dear friends, like this. Psyops. You love any kind of intel speak. Psyops. You love to hear stories of deep, um, you know, uh, cloak and dagger, sort of James Bondish. You know what I mean? You love that stuff. Psyops, Intel. Uh, when NSA, it was wonderful. The idea of there being um, spooks and this. Okay, 
But you don't even have to go that far. You don't even have to go that deep. This is right now a public relations war. Sit back and look at it. Look at who's what. Look at how Israel is prepared. Israel has always been in the leftist media, the bully, the bully, the rapacious, the trespassorial, the overreacting, the, they were cool in 1970, right when Mossad came along. I said, yeah, they were kind of like our CIA counterpart, you know, Munich and Tebby. Yeah. Uh, even even when they the last group, remember when they all moved in and they took out this Palestinian, whoever he was. Remember the guys walking around with 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 tennis rackets without a cover. It was very weird. You don't see that. They went into this room. I forget where it was in Qatar or Emirates or I don't know where it was. But they like they all moved in, and they had passports from all over the world, and they walked in supposedly into this one room, sedated this fellow dispatched him, then left and left a note, left a uh, thing on the door, do not disturb, and he was gone. But they wanted you to know. Nothing ever happened. And when they asked Mossad, did you do this? I I don't know. But we liked it. We didn't want to say it, but people liked it. And it was, there was kind of a, you know, we kind of admired it, because we don't do anything. Well, things kind of changed. Sparky says, change the paradigm. Solution to the Mideast issue doesn't lie with the U.S. other than getting the U.S. to step out of the way and allow Russia, China, Brazil, and the rest of BRICS to sort things out. The It's very interesting. However, Sparky, what they would tell you at the highest levels of American diplomacy, what, what Kissinger would tell you is that The only way you want other people to sort things out is if you don't care about being a part of it. You are not going to give up the chance to be part and parcel, front and center in dealing with this issue here. I would advise, if I advised the president, if I advised my country, listen carefully. If somebody said to me, Now you're going to be a patriot. I would say, I do not want my country to miss out on this. Whether it's the Joe Biden country, whether it's this country, I do not want my country to miss out on this. We are going to do this. I will will bet you anything that at the highest level of Kissinger, like you can say whatever you want about Kissinger. Kissinger was a genius. Kissinger was a genius. There's this wonderful, who was it? Was it? Is it Hindenburg? Who's, I forget who said it, but there's an expression that says, the wise man doesn't learn from his mistakes. He learns from other people's mistakes. I want to be critical. I want to be the most important epicenter. I want the United States, my country, to rule the world, not in terms of war, but always as a significant critical partner in all this. And let me ask you something. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to do that? You're going to have to make deals with some pretty nasty people. You're going to have to look the other way. 
There is a fellow one time, I'm not going to mention his name, very wise, very, very, very naive. And at the time that MBS was putatively involved in the dispatch of Mr. Khashoggi, he could not get past that. He couldn't get past it. He said, how do we deal with a country that would destroy Mr. Khashoggi? Not only destroy him, but dismember him. And, and okay, that's all he could see. It's all he could see. Now, I would sit here and say, you are not involved in this. This man runs the international show when it comes to oil, revenue. We are losing. There's, You know when the petrodollar came from? Remember this? Do you remember? Do you remember the, the notion of the petrodollar? Where that came from? How that was arranged? The genius behind this during Nixon's time? This is genius. Do you want to run the world or do you want to be fair? Do you want to be in charge or do you want to be honest? Do you want to be good or do you want to be powerful? What do you want to be? Tell me. Do you want to be moral? What does that mean? Do you want to be respected or feared? I want to be feared. I want to run the show. I want to run the country. I want to run the world. I'm not interested in that. I'll let other people. I won't go out of my way to hurt people, but I am not going to not do something that benefits me merely because, merely because it. I have to deal with some nasty people. Okay? Period. You can hear Eisenhower in the morning used to sometimes figure out, okay, how many... Which of which group of a thousand men is going to die today? And he was as matter of fact about as you can imagine, because he knew it had to be done. He knew it had to be done. Do you ever hear what a? Do you ever hear a doctor who says a friend of mine had bypass? You ever see what that? You know what bypass is? How people live? How people survive the surgery? Forget the 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 the, the surgery. I'm going to go and I'm going to crack. I'm going to crack your chest open. I'm going to pull it apart. Crack that sternum. I'm going to go in there. I'm going to graft out veins. I'm going to put them in. I'm going to put you in the heart lung. I'm going to stop your heart. I'm going to do. I mean, oh my god! Didn't bat an eye. Why? Because of the, because had to be done. Had to be done. Sorry, had to be done. To be a to be a soldier, you got to be a not. By the way, are there is is are are, are these people psychopaths? Let me ask you this question. Is Henry Kissinger a psychopath? Is uh, FDR a psychopath? He did some things right after World War I. They, they said, remember the St. Louis, when he denied them, he said, I'm not going to be, if, if you think I'm going to get involved in World War II after World War I, and I'm going to be, to go in, and he said this, and I'm going to go in, and I'm going to do this to save a bunch of, to save Jews? To risk our country at war after we said this was the last war when you've got France, Russia, and Great Britain? No way. Uh-uh. But it's the moral thing to do. No. Is he a psychopath? 
Be careful what you say. See a psychopath? People still don't understand what that means. They don't know what that means. They don't know what it means. They think it means, it's like the way they use the word neocon for somebody who, who is at war. It's not a neocon. They have some similarities, but it's like, I've never learned the term. It's as easy to say. Satanic, evil. No, it's not a psychopath. The best and bravest soldiers are often psychopaths. Not really. Victor Davis Hanson is a credible historian. I think in many respects, but he's not. Yeah, I think so. Raul Rodriguez says, neither were psychopaths. Raul, thank you for that. A psychopath is a, you, 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 you could not get to the level they are in if you were truly a psychopath. A psychopath is somebody who has no head-heart connection, who is, unabil- who is unable to appreciate consequence. I promise you, they are not, they are not psychopaths. No. Curtis LeMay wasn't. U.S. Grant wasn't. Patton wasn't. No. Absolutely not. George Marshall? No. Do I don't think people understand what war is. I don't think they understand how brutal a war is. Sparky, you've been on fire this morning. Moshe Diane said that the Palestinians had the right to be angry and living with their ire was part of the price Israel had to pay for its existence. Ben-Gurion and others said so too. Sparky, I don't know where you are today, what you ate for breakfast or what, but you are so spot on. If I represented Israel. If I represented Israel from the time from Herzl to the Zionist movement, I'm going to say, are you sure you want to do this? Yes. Do you know what this means? Yes. Okay. You do understand this. Yes. We're going into... A hornet's nest, and you want to live there. You want to live on this precarious, weird. Did you see a picture of Dave Brubeck's house? He had a tree house, and I think Oakland, Cal. Anyway, hey, who wants to live there? You're going to live on top of a mountain on tectonic plates where there's. Uh, all kinds of, um, oh, what's the word? There's earthquakes and horror. And you sure you want to do this? Yes. You sure? Yes. Okay. You sure you want Israel there? Yes. You do know you're being surrounded by this. Yes. Eric Thaddeus says, Emperor Constantine, Constantine, you want to, if you're a Christian, thank Constantine. Constantinople. Emperor Constantine executed his son Chrysippus for political intrigue by binding and suspending him over a pot of boiling vinegar so that he went blind while suffocating to death. Perspective. 
I love the perspective at the end. He bound him and hung him over a boiling vinegar, so that he went blind while suffocating to death. Perspective. Eric, you are you you're the guy somebody wants to have at a party. Have you met Eric? Eric, tell him about the Christmas. Thank you for that. By the way, I forgot. <laughs> Let me explain to you. It's very simple. Israel, are you sure? Yes. You, you just so you so you know this. Yes. And you know your history, Judah and David and all that, it doesn't mean the damn these, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't it doesn't matter what you say. I heard you that BB Dan, oh, we understand we were there first. Because it's time of David. What? Time of David, we're the David, we're the David, you were the David. Okay, fine. What does this David have to do with it? What are you talking about? What are you what are you talking about? Does this make any sense to you? I don't know. These are the things, these are the aspects, these are the realities of what we have to look at here. And right now, in the year 2023, we have people who are saying. We are, they are repeating the apartheid message that he did 75 years ago before they really knew what apartheid was. This is, this is, this isn't just Gaza. This is, this is about occupation and apartheid. We're back to that again. Do you know what that is? Yes. If you are part of the IDF or if you're part of Hamas, if whatever it is, do you understand what has to be done? If they tell you, this is what we're going to do, you do know that you don't have any say in this. I mean, you theoretically can always you know, refuse an illegal order. But do you understand what's happening? IDF will say, I understand. And, and you know that if you want to go into Gaza, you're going to flatten the houses with people. Mm-hmm. You understand that? Yep. And there's children, and there's, mm-hmm. yep. Paul Tibbetts, Enola Gay. Paul, do you understand what you're doing? Yep. You're dropping a bomb. Well, I'm just, I'm just flying over it. I didn't make that decision. They made that decision. Okay. But you're flying it. Yes. And then, what was it Sweeney? I think that, I think I, I interviewed Sweeney. He did uh, Nagasaki. Same thing. And he knew even more so. Are those psychopaths? No. Are these people who are demented? No. Do you understand this? No. Do you really want to understand this? Do you really want to grasp this? I know you do. I do. But if you do, you're entering a very dark, dark place. Now, my friends, I never mentioned this to you up till now, but I want you to remember a couple of things. First and foremost, everything that I say is on this below. There is a private channel. Over an hour a day of exclusive video where I can say what I want and I have to worry about spelling things correctly. You know what I mean? There is the link and all of these links are provided for you at on the uh, description. On February the 3rd, that's just 
almost basically like four months away. I'm going to be at the cutting room in New York City. Would love to see you. Would love to see you. Also, dear friends, that's right. Preparewithlionel.com. You've seen it. You know what I'm talking about. You can save $200 off a three-month emergency food kit. $200 right off the top by going to preparewithlionel.com. And you see what they're doing to Mike? Our friend Mike, Mike Lindell, dear God, there's just no end. In the meantime, despite what they are doing, there is absolutely the greatest chance for you right now to go to MyPillow.com, promo code Lionel. Show your support, but also show your love of luxuriation and calm and the the quiescence, if you will, of being in a beauteous mound of percales. Go to prepare with sorry, go to mypillow.com, promo code Lionel. And also, I think I told you this. We have two new, brand new, brand new sponsors. I love this. First is Dirty Man Safe. Dirty Man Safe is the greatest underground, basically, to put your stuff in. Drop it in, cover it up, and then retrieve it. So simple. So brilliant. Don't worry about, I'm I'm telling you, believe me, nobody, no burglar is going to be outside in your backyard or looking in your rose bushes to see where you drop this thing. It's not done. It's it's almost like going back in time. Dirty Man Safe, check the link out. And also, and I love this, Lion Energy. Oh my God. Lion Energy. My friends, I don't even know what to tell you. I have told you there are so many things that are important in life. Water, food, and energy. These folks have, you can camp longer with lithium batteries. Portable power at home, lithium marine batteries, emergency power. This is, you cannot believe how great this is. All of these links, all of these links, look at them right now at the, at the uh, discussion se- uh, section. Lion Energy. All right. Now, my friends, also, let me tell you something. You were today superior, superior and superb, superb without any explication whatsoever. Sparky, by the way, says as part of the UN Security Council, the U.S. vetoed ceasefire proposals from both Russia and Brazil already. U.S. was only Security Council member to block them. U.S. remains in the way of peace. You know what, Sparky? You bring up a good point. What U.S. would say is very simply this. What they would say is, and this is important, they would say that ceasefire means basically for uh, Israel, and I'm saying this is their position, to stop their offenses, to crush Hamas. Listen to this. That's what they're saying. And by the way, listen to what people like David Petraeus says, how you would actually crush Hamas. Are you going to get Hamas? Is that actually, are you really going to do it? Can you crush Hamas? And in the meantime, remember this, when you see this, when you see the pictures in the video, of Gaza just absolutely leveled 
when it looks like a moonscape, you're going to ask yourself, was this really worthwhile? Think about it. All right, dear friends. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No, 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 no. Thank you. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your brilliance. Thank you for this. I ask you, thank you. Please, one more thing. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you subscribe because in order for our message to get out, in order for our message of rational, rational ratiocination, super irrigation, all of those aspects, we have to get people on board. And we have to have people calm and at home with the fact that you have to balance realities. All right, dear friends, have a great and a glorious day. We'll see you tonight at 7 p.m. No, 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 no. We're going to see each other tonight at 6 p.m. Because I have an appearance. We're going to be 6 p.m. tonight. And let you know, 6 p.m. Be there, 6 p.m. I'm glad I remember. Caught myself. I'm going to be at an event. I'll tell you what it was tomorrow. And when I get done, they will never ask me back again. I promise you. Because they will not like anything I have to say. Because the truth hurts. And as you know me, I, someone said, I'm a troublemaker. All right, dear friends, we'll see you tonight at 6 p.m. Until then, remember, the monkey's dead. The show's over. Sue you. Oh, 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 stop, stop. Before I forget, before I forget, it is, abs- I ask you this. Please, 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 dear friends, I want you to go to Mrs. L's YouTube channel, YouTube channel right now. And I want you to go and I want you to sign up. No, where is this? Hang on. Don't move. Don't move. Don't move. Don't move. Don't move. She did is doing some of the best work of her life. And I'm so proud of her. That's why I love her madly. And she is, where is this? Hang on. Go here. In the morning. Dear God. Oh, here we go. Here we go. This is where I want you to go. Okay. This is her channel. And I want you to go right now, right this moment, and just click on, just click on, and just click this one little one-stop shopping, and it's right there. And subscribe to Lens Warriors. Just just subscribe. Very simple. There's the link. Just go and click on. It takes you right to subscribe. And make sure you do it, because what is she is saying right now? To protect and support children is without peer. Without peer. Okay? All right, dear friends. Thank you for that. Okay, see you tonight at six. And don't forget the monkey's dead. The show's over. Sue you. Dead, dead.